We're standing at the corner of Wall Street and Main Street. Today, I'm joined by Michael Kim, President and Chief Client Officer of the largest third-party TAMP in America, Asset Mark. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. At the end of 2021, Asset Mark served 8,600 advisors with over 93 billion in assets on its platform and have added 700 new advisors to the platform each of the past five years. That's just incredible growth. Um, first and foremost, how are things going so far in 22? Yeah, uh, thank you, Doug. I appreciate the question. And again, thank you for the opportunity here. Um, 2022 has been a very interesting year um, for all the reasons that many of us know. Obviously, to start off, the, the market environment has definitely been challenging. Uh, really a lot of macro level developments that are impacting um, both advisors and their clients, the investors. At the same time, Doug, I believe this is one of those periods where we actually get to earn our keep and really share with advisors our true value in helping them continue to support their clients and also adding new clients to the platform. And to your question about how uh, we at Asset how we're doing uh, this year, um, we actually just had our earnings call uh, the other day, and uh, we were very pleased and humbled to announce record level results. So despite all the market headwind and some of the challenges that we're all going through, we feel very fortunate uh, in terms of our uh, advisor support, ongoing support of us, as well as a disciplined approach in really creating value for our clients, our partners, our shareholders. And so, so again, I'd be happy to go into a lot more details, Doug, but we feel very, very fortunate to announce some very um, record level results as we did uh, during our earnings call. And, and for us, it's really a reflection of the continued support that we get from our advisors. Absolutely. And, and I think it's also, and, and I did look at those reports and uh, congratulations does look like it was a great quarter. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, I do want to address at some point the notion of becoming a publicly traded company and, and managing those expectations. But, you know, let's kind of go all the way back to the essence of what this conversation is about. Wealth management has never been an exact science. Uh, I think our country and I think our financial system have, have probably created the best version of it, and that's editorializing a bit here. But in terms of allowing uh, retirees, individual investors to participate in the, in the collective prosperity of our country, but there's been a lot of iterations of, of how to deliver that product to the end user. And one of the big transitions we've seen in the last, I would say, 10 to 15 years has been from the transaction-based model to the fee-based model. Um, what's your take on this transition? And, and is it an evolution, let's say? And what are the, some of the advantages to going to fee-based and what are some of the disadvantages? Yeah, it's a great, great question, Doug. And um, we absolutely do see this, um, this trend of advisors moving from the transactional, maybe um, sort of product-centric approach to that fee-based advisory, uh, the true fiduciary model as a, a trend that will only accelerate going forward. Um, if we zoom out um, you know, at the highest level, there's probably about three to 500,000 financial intermediaries, financial advisors across uh, different 
categories, whether it be wirehouse advisors, uh, bank trust advisors, uh, independent financial advisors. And across all those different categories, we see this trend of advisors really continuing to move towards a fee-based advisory fiduciary model to better support their clients. And in terms of our point of view, uh, we absolutely believe that this is the, the best thing to do for the clients. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, regulatory uh, environment, regulatory forces that are prompting this type of an approach, but we actually believe that this is the best model for the financial advisors to, to really sort of be the steward, the best steward of their clients' hopes and goals and their dreams. So when we think about this evolution and this trend, really it starts with having the right financial plan for their clients and really as a fiduciary to continue to uh, monitor, continue to fine tune those financial plans and make sure that the clients are in route and on target to meet their goals. Uh, whereas in a transaction uh, model, it is really more of a product approach and representing certain products that may be suitable for the clients. And obviously I'm referring to kind of the suitability standards you know, versus the fiduciary standards. And so having the holistic financial planning approach and really being the steward of the client's hopes and dreams and being that trusted advisor, working closely with the clients and making sure that they meet their retirement goals, that they meet their uh, the, the, the dream house that they've been saving up for and you know, saving for their children's college and so forth and making sure that those important goals are met. We absolutely believe that that is the, one of the most important things that the advisors can do. And, uh, and then, you know, at the appropriate point, I'd love to share with you how we're supporting those advisors along that journey. But yes, we see this as a trend that will absolutely continue to accelerate in the industry. Right, and, and you know, it's important to note that the, uh, the comprehensive approach you can take through a fee-based model versus the more, I guess, fragmented approach you take during a, a, a transaction, transactional model uh, does at least give a more uh, comprehensive uh, solution to the end user, the client. Uh, so that should be noted. But, you know, it's also, you alluded to something there, it's not cut and dry because you've got uh, on the broker-dealer side, uh, you've got FINRA monitoring, you know, these, uh, these strategies from a perspective of uh, Reg BI, Regulation Best Interest, and the yep. suitability standard. And then yep. you've got the SEC, you know, monitoring things from the fiduciary standard and maybe looking at the same product in two different ways and even more perplexing, sometimes coming up with different conclusions. So, it is easier, I think, to make peace with your decision and move forward. And to that end, um, clearly, you know, partnering with someone like an asset mark or adopting, you know, a fee-based model and, and saying, I am in this business, it uh, alleviates some of those challenges and concerns. And, and right. you know, asset mark actually did a study, and, and I had a look at this, of 750 wealth managers. You may be aware of this and found that some of the common challenges that advisors face today in scaling their business, which obviously it's a very different world for growing your business and marketing in the face of you know, social media and, and, and the way that information is 
is delivered to and consumed yep. by the end user, the, the client. Yep. And spending time on business building activities like financial planning with their clients, practice management, new business development, you know, those were sort of the pain points and yep. some of the things that, um, that, that a product like Asset Mark and others in, in, in your space can address. And more importantly, and I think this is what I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, nine out of 10 advisors who outsourced at least some of their aspects of their business uh, have grown as a result, and 95% have, have said that the change restored their work-life balance or led to improvement in their work-life balance. We did a conference recently, and I gave a whole presentation that I called the life-work balance. Yep. Because even when you call it the work-life balance, you're putting the word work first. Yep. And you know the pandemic taught me and, and taught our group certainly uh, a lot about that balance. What did you learn from that? And what do you think advisors got from the pandemic? And coming out of that, how does a group like Asset Mark help address those needs and those concerns? Yeah, I love that phrase, Doug. Uh, I'm going to have to use the, the life work balance phrase uh, going forward. Uh, I love how you phrased that. Um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, obviously, there were some incredible uh, lessons learned by everybody. Um, when we think about the advisors that we support, and, and actually going back to the study, um, that study is called Values of Outsourcing, uh, and that's a study that we do on an annual basis. One of the key things that advisors learned, um, and, and you know, this is something that they knew, but I think the pandemic really underscored the importance of this, is at the end of the day, the clients, the investors, what they value and what they cherish more than anything else is the time that they spend with their client, with their advisors, with their trusted advisors, and really sort of reviewing the financial goals with them and asking the questions of, am I gonna be okay? Am I gonna be able to retire at the time frame that we've been talking about? Am I gonna be able to buy, again, that dream house that we've been saving for? Uh, whether the advisor buys you know, an ABC stock or an XYZ fund, I think those are important tactical decisions, but really what the clients value most is the opportunity to engage with the advisors and really having that conversation and, and getting that sense of confidence from their advisors that they're on track to meet their goals. And so again, going back to their values of outsourcing study, the important realization from the advisors is through outsourcing, not only could they achieve that better um, life work balance, as you alluded to, Doug, but also on average, the advisors are able to free up eight additional hours in a given week to spend with their clients. And so if you think about that, that's like getting an extra workday, again, that they can use to spend with their time in terms of, again, reviewing the goals and having that dialogue to instill the sense of confidence uh, for their clients. And so Yes, I think the pandemic was a extraordinary period that um, that all of us, we learned so much and it just underscored the importance of the advisors spending the time and through outsourcing that they can free up, you know, an extra day in a given work week that will allow them to do so. Uh, one other thing that I'll, I'll mention, Doug, here is it's one thing to free up the advisor's time to allow them to, you know, really engage with their clients. Another thing to give the advisors and share with the advisors different tools and resources to 
help them be impactful. So whether it be client engagement tools, whether it be different um, you know, thought leadership and other educational perspectives that they can share with their uh, clients or perhaps use for marketing and building their business, that's one of the areas that we specialize in here at Asimark. And again, at the appropriate point, Doug, love to sort of share additional details on that. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we've alluded to here, but we really have to address is the idea of a TAM, because it's not enough to just give you that time back. Yeah. Why do you have that extra time? Yeah. It's because you have this massive opportunity, this tool. I said in a previous episode that investors and advisors are now to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger and Terminator cybernetic organisms. I won't do my uh, Schwarzenegger impersonation, but we're aided by this incredibly powerful platform. And a TAMP, of course, is a turnkey asset management platform, uh, or I've heard it called the total asset management platform. And, and it's actually, it's exploded in recent years. There's now an estimated $3 trillion in assets on these platforms. What is a TAMP? And how has it changed uh, the investment and the financial services industry? It's a great question. Um, so historically, uh, the the TAMP firms, um, Asimark uh, is certainly in that category. And as you alluded earlier, uh, we're one of the leaders in this space. But historically, Doug, um, TAMPs were really viewed as access points to different products. So what that means is financial advisors that they, um, they needed access to various different investment strategies or certain investment products. Um, they really went to the TAMP platforms to access those products. We have a, a phrase at Asimark, um, we believe we are a modern TAMP. And as a modern TAMP, access to products is just the beginning. Um, what we think about is really enriching the client's experience by supporting the financial advisor. And what we mean by that is, as we mentioned, we believe in uh, financial planning. We believe, we believe in helping advisors help the uh, clients achieve their goals and dreams. And so whether it be various different wealth planning solutions, whether it be different ways of constructing portfolios, uh, whether it be different digital tools to really help analyze the client's current portfolios, um, and certainly on the business building front, really helping the advisors transition from that trusted advisor to a business owner and helping them think about how do they build a durable business uh, that will continue to grow drive scale, and really thinking about enterprise value of their business. Those are all the different components. And, and there's 101 other, uh, thousand one other services that we offer as a modern TAM to help advisors make an impact to their clients, but also build a durable business. A great example, I think, uh, Doug, uh, to really capsulize you know, these services is what we're doing from a private wealth service point of view. And what we mean by that is when we looked at our platform, the fastest growing segment uh, within our business was those advisors that were serving higher net worth, more affluent clients and really delivering 
the private wealth services that we offer on our platform. So whether that be a customized investment portfolio with a very active tax management, tax overlay to help it help clients minimize the tax burden, whether it be engaging with their clients in terms of estate planning process, uh, many of their clients may be business owners, and so helping them think through business advisory, uh, philanthropy, charitable giving, it's another big area, and we can go on and on and on. And these are different components of our private wealth services that advisors have leveraged to grow their business and making that impact their clients. And uh, Doug, it has been a phenomenal service that advisors have tapped into and it really allows the Main Street advisors that we support today to compete with the Wall Street firms, the big brokerage Wall Street firms that were traditionally dominating this higher net worth, more affluent segment of the marketplace. And it's awesome to see our advisors really win these higher net worth clients delivering complex, elegant solutions in an easy manner available on the Asimark platform. So I just wanted to share that example, Doug, right. as a way in which these advisors are making the impact to their clients, but also really building that durable business, leveraging our services there. Right. And, and it kind of does get back to a question I did want to ask if, you know, I, I've heard the, 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 the evolution of the financial services business as the vanillization, but I'll call it the standardization of wealth yeah. management how is an advisor to stand out in an environment that is seemingly uh, automating and standardizing? And I think you, you gave us a good example of exactly how uh, by creating an elegant solution. But do you want to speak a little bit more to that? How, how does an advisor stand out today and actually make his presence known um, you know, in, in this world of everything reverting to um, you know, this, this traditional mean? Yeah, it is such an important point, Doug. In fact, um, Ceruli, which is a industry, you know, kind of a leading industry consultant, they they did an extensive research back in um, July of 21. Um, they called it differentiation in the financial services industry will be defined through customization. So I believe customization was the phrase that you use. And so differentiation and really helping advisors differentiate with unique services, unique capabilities, um, a, a different way of serving clients is really going to be the key to success for, uh, for the advisors. In fact, um, you know, in that Ceruli study, 58% of the clients surveyed said that they want advisors that will invest time and energy in learning about really kind of the, the specific needs and the goals and the wants and the dreams of the clients and to deliver uh, that unique solution, more so than kind of getting a higher return on their portfolio. So again, think about that, kind of that holistic, mm -hmm. unique set of services and the experience um, is valued in 58% of times higher than actual you know, sort of a, 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 the performance on their portfolios. And so really what that means is, um, and frankly, one of the ways in which our great business consulting team engages our advisor on is, is transform your business. Transform your business from that trans transactional model that we talked about earlier to 
a fee-based financial planner model, right? And not just and don't just settle there. Continue that evolution from a financial planner to a comprehensive wealth planner, right? And as a wealth planner, not only are you engaged with your clients in terms of the basics of a financial plan, but now you're engaging in discussions about their estate planning, the income tax, uh, tax planning, maybe philanthropy and business owner services, all those different components that I alluded to earlier, and really elevate that level of engagement to a whole nother level where not only is it a huge impact to that client, but the advisor is differentiating themselves from the rest of the pack. And again, we at AssetMark, we believe in this model. We believe in the importance of this journey. And so we have a number of different tools and uh, capabilities to help advisors not only implement these services, but we also have a team of consultants that will be there side by side with the advisors and helping them achieve this new model and also be an accountability coach, almost a business coach, helping them along the way. And so we believe that this has been a key ingredient to our success. And we're just thrilled to see the advisors making that big of an impact to their clients, leveraging these capabilities. Right, absolutely. It's, it's such a great point. You know, I, it's funny, I, you'll, you'll find some random references that come from me. And I remember when uh, Ken Jennings on Jeopardy lost to Watson, and he gave in his uh, in his answer on Final Jeopardy. I, I I for one would like to welcome our robot overlords. Um, you know when you, <laughs> when you commit to or or submit to, you know the the TAMP style of uh, of wealth management, the fee based style. There's a misconception that you have to kind of give up, uh, you know, the independence. And all of those other aspects of wealth management, you know, that you had come to know. But I think to your point, what it really does is it solidifies and, and standardizes a critical component of wealth management. And it gives you more time and, and it gives you more tools to address some of the other components of wealth management, such as, you know, everything from uh, obviously tax planning, estate planning, insurance. Uh, so uh, it's complementary, and, and I think that's a story that's maybe not being told enough. It's not, um, it's not going to replace wealth management. It, it's going to enhance it going forward in every aspect. And you know, the, the one thing I want to ask is sort of, um, we'll, we'll kind of get you out of here on this. Uh, uh, really appreciative of your time and, and, and your, your wisdom here. Your website references early stage advisors, growth stage advisors, and mature stage advisors. It's three of the areas where you provide support. Yep. What are the differences between those three categories? And, and how would you describe the needs of, of each of those different categories? Yeah. No, it's a great question, Doug. And, um, you know, one of the key tenets of our, um, of really our overall firm strategy is to meet advisors where they're at. So again, meeting advisors where they're at. And as we talked about earlier, Doug, advisors are on this evolutionary um, journey here. And they're going from, let's just say, sort of transactional to fee-based advisory and from a financial planner to a wealth planner, as we've been talking about. And so when you think about kind of that journey, uh, whether they're the early stages of being that fee-based advisor or you know they've sort of settled in, um, 
um, or they may be a mature advisors, the needs and really the business goals and the client um, demands are different across those three different stages. Uh, there may be other stages as well, but just for the sake of our conversation here, if we think about kind of those three different stages, we should look at it at the business level as well as at the client level. At the business level, one of the key things that we think about is really helping advisors develop the right process, develop the right framework, so that it's not a one-off type of an approach for a client situation, that it is a repeatable process. Um, and especially the early stage advisors, it is so critical to establish that defined process, whether it's how the um, how portfolios are constructed for the clients, or how meetings are conducted with clients, or how perhaps uh, marketing is done to raise the awareness of the firm. Let's make sure that there's a right set of processes in place so that it's repeatable and scalable. Now, if you go to the other uh, end of the spectrum in terms of say the mature, more established advisors, you know, what we think about is, is driving scale, helping advisors drive scale so that uh, their financial performance of their firm is at the level that it needs to be to further their growth. But also they have an opportunity to invest back into their practice or in, back into their business to develop additional capabilities or bring services to their clients. Um, as an example, uh, a, you know, a larger, more established firm, they tend to attract uh, higher net worth clients. And as we talked about, higher net worth clients versus, say, mass affluent clients, they, their needs tend to be more complex. Um, and so it's a great way for that advisor at the mature stages to have additional capabilities. Doug, I always like examples to kind of bring these concepts to life. And one example that I want to share, this is actually a recent um, a success story. One of our advisors in the East Coast, um, after attending one of our high net worth symposiums and really started to think about being that comprehensive wealth planner to their clients, he knew that one of his clients were going through a sale of their business and so he was able to bring in a tax expert from Asimar, an investment act, uh, expert from Asimar, as well as a business advisory expert. And he was the quarterback, if you will, uh, representing these different subject matter experts to support this large client who was going through the sale of his business. At the end of the day, that advisor was able to win over $100 million in terms of investable assets because he was able to bring a team of experts and really meeting these very complex needs of the client. And Doug, again, we can share so many other success stories, but it's one of those things you're recognizing that at different stages of the advisor's journey, recognizing that there's different needs and opportunities. And again, SMR, you know, we meet advisors where they're at and it's a privilege for us to support each and every one of those advisors through their journey. And uh, I welcome the opportunity to have that dialogue with the advisors and for us to share some best practices and how we can bring that unique asset mark value to these advisors. So 
with that, Doug, let me pause here to see if you have any other questions for me. This has been uh, an awesome discussion here, and I had a lot of fun doing it with you here as well. Likewise, Michael, that, that's been great. And, and I, I would agree wholeheartedly that, you know, the ability to offer comprehensive wealth management solutions to your client is really the only way. I mean, if, if you're not delivering or giving uh, the service of all of those other tangential um, business or financial planning needs to your client, how could you truly, you know, deliver to them uh, a favorable outcome for their for their goals and objectives? And the more tools, the more resources we have access to, the better. I, I I'll ask one last question because I never want this conversation and the reason we call it Wall in Maine. I never want it to fly too high over the heads of our listeners. And I think we've done a great job in kind of bringing this down to earth. But, you know, there's a lot of advisors who, who are we're preaching the gospel to them right now. They know how great asset mark has been uh, and, and the TAMP strategy has been. They know how great their decision to jump to the fee-based side has been. Uh, but there are a lot of other wealth managers out there. You know, this transition has happened in, in terms of the, the history of wealth management pretty quickly. And maybe left some people not so much in the dust, but on the outside looking in. If I'm a, you know, a, a wealth manager that hasn't embraced or, or hasn't fully explored the opportunity of transitioning to a model like that, which is offered by AssetMark and, and some of the other uh, third-party asset managers, what's a good first step I should take? How can I do something today Yep. to move in that direction. Yeah. You know, Doug, it's, it's interesting you ask because we, we get that question quite a bit. Um, sometimes it feels daunting and sometimes it feels overwhelming to think about all these different things. And so our, our biggest advice is you're not alone. Um, you know, you're not alone doing this. Um, you know, whether it's Asimark or a number of other providers. And frankly, there are thousands and thousands of advisors that have made this journey. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things, and I think one of the most important things that advisors should do before they start this process is talk to as many people as possible. Talk to other fellow advisors that have gone through the journey, that have walked the, the miles and miles uh, in their shoes. And, there's so much um, you know, important lessons learned and perspectives that could be learned from talking to these other advisors, as well as our folks like our business consultants. Again, our business consultants are in the, are in the business of helping advisors make this journey. Uh, we love having the dialogue and we'd encourage the dialogue, allow us to sort of share the do's and don'ts, the lessons learned, best practices and, and other ways to ensure that this journey goes according to plan and that it really yields the best outcome for the advisors. And so the key sort of perspective, Doug, is that, you know, that you're not alone in doing this. And there's a number of different experts, number of different advisors, and we'd be happy to make introductions to other advisors that have, again, had a similar experience so that this advisor who is about to make this journey to go from a 
transaction model to a fee-based model or from a financial planner to a comprehensive wealth manager and other, um, other changes that they get the right perspectives from others that have made this journey, other experts that are in the business of helping advisors make this journey. And at the end of the day, uh, Doug, we, we view ourselves and really our role as a, as a partner, almost a co-pilot in this journey with the advisors. And so we welcome the opportunity to have that conversation and share a couple of things, a couple of nuggets to help them with this important journey. And uh, that's that's the fun yeah. part. And we, we look forward to having those conversations, Doug. You know, I'm so glad you used the word partner there because that's that's been our experience with your group, frankly. But in, in general, I think working with people as opposed to working for them, you know, yeah. it, it's a different feeling. It's it's a different mission and it's so much more rewarding and it helps to restore a component of that life work balance, you know, that we referenced earlier on. And so it's really a pleasure um, Michael, thank you so much for, for sharing your, your, your time and your thoughts with us here. And, you know, the partnership aspect of it, I think, is critical. Anyone looking for more information, uh, this group has been so generous, you know, with their resources, with their people, and, and really helped usher us along in the process of, of transitioning some of our reps and advisors. And I'd encourage, you know, anyone listening to, to learn a little bit more about Asset Mark and what they may be able to offer uh, obviously, it's uh, not a very well-kept secret. Um, I believe you are the largest third-party TAM in America, but we're grateful for uh, for your partnership. We're grateful for your time. And, and uh, Michael Kim, uh, President and Chief Client Officer of AssetMark, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Doug. It was a lot of fun, and we appreciate your support and the partnership and uh, look forward to doing something like this again very soon. Thanks, Doug. Thank you.